better skills, better doctors. Join Rebecca Ong and Michael Peluso from TCM Hub as we go beyond the nuts and bolts of clinical practice to navigate some of the more challenging aspects of being a self-employed physician. Welcome to Better Skills, Better Doctors. We are your hosts, Rebecca Ong and Michael Peluso. Before we dive in, be sure to head over to tcm-hub.com and click Hub Community to join a network of your colleagues. There you can get help with your herbal medicine cases and get coached on topics covered in this podcast. Hub Community is only for those who are licensed practitioners of Chinese medicine and students who are enrolled in an accredited Chinese medicine program. Hello. Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for joining me today. Um, I have one announcement before we I get into the episode. And um, at the time of recording this episode, we have just opened the application process for our April 2024 Harmonize training. And so the dates for that will be April 12th to the 14th. It's a three-day training, 2024. And it will be held in Charleston, South Carolina. So um, for those of you who are interested in applying or at least learning more about it, you can head on over to tcm-hub.com slash harmonize. And we hope to see you there. Okay, so today's episode, um, this came from, you know, it's the end of the year. Right now, the uh, what are we at? December 12th. (laughs) Um, It's the end of the year. And around this time, I like to reflect back to all that I've accomplished, not only in the past year, but also the past several years and really my whole life, my whole Chinese medicine career and my whole life. And as a part of that, I look at some of the things that I have done and I got curious about how some of those things could have been done differently. Whether they were successes or not, I like to take note of anything that could have been done better so I can use that information going forward with new goals and new projects. And of course, there are many, many things that I can come up with. And that exercise inspired this episode, which is called the top five things I wish I did differently and the top five I'm glad I did. So let's go. So number one. I wish I didn't compare myself to others. Now, I've done other episodes about this, so I'm not going to go crazy into this, but comparing yourself to others is actually a natural self-preservation mechanism. As humans, we're designed to live in tribes or groups for our own safety. And back in the day, if you were exhibiting behavior or evidence that you didn't belong to your tribe, you were kicked out. And which back then, if you were kicked out, it pretty much meant certain death. So we always have something in us that checks ourselves against others as a way to assure us that we're doing okay or that we're doing things right. Now, in the modern world, especially as an entrepreneur, this survival mechanism doesn't always serve us. When we compare ourselves to our peers, we're usually doing this from a place of lack, you know, and we beat ourselves up for not measuring up to those who have busier practices or seemingly have the ideal life. And for me, I fell into this comparison trap, you know, pretty early in my career, which over time resulted in me 
building up my business and my whole life based off of someone else's idea of success, which eventually came crashing down. So number two, I wish I didn't complain so much about being a business owner. Now I used to say, I wish I could just treat people and not have to run a business. And I know many of you say that all the time. And I'll tell you right now, and I realize it was not useful. It's not useful for you. And it was not useful for me. And it did not serve me. I wanted the success and to earn a lot of money helping patients, but I also didn't want to run and market my business. And it was a very entitled mindset. I was entitled to success. I wanted my business to provide for me, but I wasn't willing to provide it with what it needed. Now, if I had admitted that I was an entrepreneur and really stepped into that role and that identity and then decided to act accordingly way sooner in my career, then I wouldn't have spent so many years struggling to grow. Number three, I wish I didn't get so comfortable with my husband supporting me. Now, I used to be married. I was married for 18 years. And my husband used to make more than I did. And uh, he made enough, really, it was enough to support both of us. And I was very grateful for this, and I still am. But psychologically for me, at the especially at the beginning of my career, I really allowed it to enable me to not push myself to grow my business. And it's funny that I, just a few seconds ago, just talked about how I used to complain about having to run and grow my business. But here I was also in a position that I didn't really even have to run a business. It was like I wanted a successful practice, but I wasn't willing to feel the necessary discomfort that comes with growth. And I had a pretty comfortable life already and wasn't willing to introduce any discomfort. So looking back at this time, my purpose or my reason for being in business was not stronger than the comfort I was in at that time. And that makes sense because at that time, my thoughts about the purpose of work and the purpose of making money was to create a comfortable life. And since I was already comfortable, then I didn't have any fire to push myself. So if I had the same thoughts about work as I do now, which is the purpose of work is to create and to put value into the world and to see what I'm capable of and to feel everything that comes with learning and trying new shit I've never done before, then I would have been more motivated to grow my business despite having financial support. Now, some people will argue that people who start out with money have it way easier or they're more inclined to succeed because of having a leg up. And while this can be true in some cases, more often than not, it's, it actually works against them. And there are plenty of examples out there of people who started out with money and still failed and ran out of money and never got off the ground. And we know some of these people personally. So it's not the money that creates the success. It's the drive toward a purpose that creates it. Number four, I wish I had used my BNI opportunity differently. So for those of you um, who don't know what BNI is, it's it stands for Business Networking International, I think, something like that. Um, but essentially, it's a networking group. And it's worldwide. And you can join a chapter. And uh, the 
purpose is that you join this chapter and there's only one seat available per profession. So there's never going, you're never going to join a chapter where there's two acupuncturists or two financial advisors or, you know, you get the point. It's basically one seat per profession. And then, you know, the larger the, the, uh, group that you're in, the chapter that you're in, you know, the more variety of people that, of industries that you're coming in contact with. And so the purpose is you meet weekly, usually at a very early morning hour, and you listen to each other and you become a marketing uh, machine for each other. So, and the idea is to pass referrals to each other. And you start off every meeting, you have an opportunity for 60 seconds to pitch your business and what you do and what your ideal client would be so that everybody gets to know what you're supposed to be doing. And then every few months, you have an opportunity to do another, a longer presentation, about 10 minutes to go into a deeper dive about what you do and what an ideal referral would be for you. So that's BNI in a nutshell. And so in this opportunity, this BNI opportunity, this weekly meeting, I spent more time expressing how I could help people and I wish I had spent more time expressing how I could help people instead of educating people about Chinese medicine and how it works. And this is a big mistake that most people are making. I see it all the time. You're spending more time educating people about how Chinese medicine works and what it is versus how you can help people. Because people don't actually care how they get better. They just care about getting better. And I always use this example as my first year in Chinese medicine school, my TCM theory teacher used this example of she was explaining how she got into Chinese medicine when her daughter was a baby she was really sick and nobody could tell her what was wrong with her. And a friend just happened to you know, recommend acupuncture. And she said, if someone had told me to wave a dead chicken over this kid's head, I would have done it if it meant she was going to get better. So people don't actually care how they get better. They just care about getting better. And they want to know if you can help them and if they can trust you because people make decisions from emotion. So explaining the mechanism of acupuncture or the breakdown of the therapeutic properties of each herb in a formula doesn't make a patient trust you or trust that you can help them. They'll always say, oh, that's really cool. That's really interesting. But it doesn't actually generate a feeling of trust. Now, I had an audience every week and a captive audience every week, which is a rare opportunity when you think about it, to have a captive audience whose sole reason for being there is to listen to you and to try to get you referrals. And I just did not use it in the best way possible. Number five, I wish I had done mindset coaching from the very beginning. Now, after focusing on my own personal and professional development and having invested in coaching for myself consistently for the past few years, I know that this is the one thing that would have benefited me in so many ways, not only in my career, but my personal life and in my relationships. Because what you think is really the foundation of how you take action and the ultimate results of your life. 
And I took a lot of action and I invested in a lot of continuing ed and mentorship to show me the nuts and bolts of what to do. And I built a really financially successful practice and learned a lot about business, but I was building a practice from a place of scarcity. And I didn't know it at the time, but I was building a practice from a place of scarcity thinking and external validation. And it's hard to say though, you know, to be fair, it's hard to say back then whether I would have been receptive to the type of coaching that I provide now, because it takes a certain level of emotional maturity and vulnerability to do this type of work. And I had neither at that time. But if you are someone who is open to that type of work and you haven't explored it yet, I really encourage you to do it. You know, whether it's with myself or with someone else, just go do it. You will not regret it. And I wish I had done it sooner because it has unequivocally changed and continues to change my life for the better. Now, with all this said, While I say I wish I did these things differently, I'm not saying that I regret doing these things or not doing these things. I don't regret anything because I had to go through all of those things and make all those mistakes and have all the wins and all the losses in the way that they happened in order to get to where I am now, which is living an amazing life that just keeps getting better. So I'm grateful for everything that has happened to me, good and bad, and I really would not change a thing I mean that. Now, five things I'm glad I did do. Number one, I'm really glad I did BNI. So we're back to BNI. But, you know, while I didn't use BNI to its full capacity, I did take away a ton of value. You know, I developed much better public speaking skills, which is so important. I learned more about other professions. Um, I became less ignorant about all the different ways that the world works and the people who play a part in that and all the value that people put out in the world. It actually really is quite amazing. At one point, I was selected to be on the leadership team for our chapter, which was my first taste of leading other adult professionals. And so that was a step up in my professional growth. And it helped me to become a better listener in order to help other people. So I'm really glad I had that experience with BNI. Number two, I'm glad I put myself in luck's way. And so what I mean by that is, you know, we think of luck as just falling in your lap. And yes, that sometimes happens. Things just kind of fall in your lap. But sometimes things, opportunities, quote unquote, fall in your lap in ways that we don't even realize that they are falling in our lap. So for me, I more or less have always said yes to every opportunity or at least a I'll check it out. And and something this is something I learned from my mom that it just never hurts to check something out. It never hurts to just try something new and then make your decision as to whether or not you want to do it. When something comes to me out of nowhere, I know not to ignore it or reject it. You know, I'm always being curious as to why it showed up for me in the first place. And it might be nothing or it might be something. But as Wayne Gretzky says, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. So I'm glad I put myself in luck's way. Number three, I'm glad I did everything in my business myself before hiring or delegating it out. And what this did for me was that I learned everything about my business. 
you know, people have different philosophies on this. I know this. And, you know, some think it's best to hire everything out first and some think, think it's best to do it yourself first before delegating it out. And I think it depends on why you're doing it. You know, if you want to hire out because you just don't feel like it, because you're scared of it, you don't want to bother, um, or you think it's beneath you, then I would recommend challenging those thoughts. On the flip side, if you're not hiring out because of a scarcity mindset, you're afraid to spend money, or you're having trust issues, you know, trust that people can't do it as good as you, then I would recommend challenging those thoughts and cleaning some things up. But personally, I'm so glad that I did that I first did everything myself because then I knew every piece of my business inside and out and therefore knew how to properly delegate and train others to do them when the time came. Those are also the parts of running a business that are known as the boring hard work. It's the stuff that builds character and develops your ability to trust yourself and have your own back. Each time you do something in the boring hard work category, you get stronger and you really get to know what you're capable of. Number four, I am glad that I invested in my brain. I've taken a lot of continuing ed, a lot of training, a lot of mentorship, counseling, uh, coaching, and learned how to self-coach myself. And the thing about investing in any kind of training is that once you've done it, you now have that knowledge forever. Your brain is your biggest asset. If you invested in something that helped you make thousands or tens of thousands or millions of dollars, then you now can use that knowledge over and over and over again. So if something happened and you lost all your money and you had to start over again for whatever reason, you can take the knowledge that you have to do it all over again. It never leaves you. And in that list, I include both professional and personal development because you can't succeed in one without the other. They go hand in hand. I know most people do most of their investment and focus in professional development and maybe less on the personal development side, but they really should be at a minimum 50-50. And you will get to a point in your career that it needs to start tilting heavily toward that personal development work because, you know, I mean, professional and business development work is super important, of course, but you do get to a point in your career where you start to kind of get diminishing returns on your uh, on your investment because there's only so much business training to be taught. You know, there's nothing new. There's nothing special or proprietary under the sun when it comes to business training. Um, and so I'm, I'm glad that I invested in both professional and personal development because once I added the personal development piece, my life took off. And number five, I am glad that I made the decision to blow up my life. And I've talked about this in previous podcasts before, so you can listen back to that. But in 2018, I took a chance and I dove into the unknown. My life at that time, I was successful. I was comfortable. And I was living a life that many people strive for. And I was completely out of alignment. So I blew up, I blew it up with no plan. And not only was I okay in the end, that creating that space by blowing it all up, it allowed me to create a path that is authentic to me. And since then, 
I have created and accomplished things that I never dreamed I could or would do. Like this podcast, for example. (laughs) And I now live in a beautiful place and I have a wonderful relationship and I have a rad business that's changing people's lives and taking that chance turned out to be the best decision of my life. So that's all I have for today. If you need help with getting unstuck, getting out of your own way, and wanting to step into a higher version of yourself, then life and performance coaching may be exactly what you need. Head over to tcm-hub.com slash living practice, or click living practice at the top of the page. There you can read more about coaching for self-employed Chinese medicine physicians and schedule an introductory chat with me. If you found this episode valuable, please share with a friend. And if you could be so kind as to take a moment to leave a written review in your Apple podcast app or rate us on Spotify, we would really appreciate it. Thanks for listening and for considering your perspectives. Talk to you next time. Bye. Rebecca Ong is a certified professional life coach for Chinese medicine physicians. She is not a certified financial planner, financial advisor, or accountant. Life coaching is not a substitute for therapy, medicine, or medical treatment. Anything discussed in this podcast is for general education and entertainment purposes only.